iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Ingrid Kopp from TFI New Media Fund and Shooting People, and tonight's guest, director David Duchat. Hi, welcome. So I was totally thrilled. I'm Ingrid, by the way. This is David. Hello. Um, just in case you were wondering. I'm not Ingrid. I'm David. <laughs> I was totally thrilled when, um, when they asked me uh, to moderate this discussion because uh, I don't know how many of you have seen Flowers of Evil, but it's a, it's a pretty extraordinary film and really quite unlike anything I've ever seen before. Um, so I, I guess one of the first questions I wanted to ask you is it's, it, it's very ambitious to have a, a, a narrative fictional film where you're weaving in real footage. Can you talk a little bit, uh, just, uh, just to give a little bit of a synopsis of actually sort of what happens in the film, and then we'll delve into the sort of the way you wove that all together a little bit more. All right. Um, well, thank you for coming. I'm very, very pleased to be here. I'm um, a little nervous, I must admit, but I'll, I'll try to keep uh, things together. Um, so my film is about, um, it's set basic, basically in two, 2009, um, just after the Iranian elections that went wrong, um, they were fraudulent. Um, people went into the street to kind of protest against that. The journalists were not being able to do their work, so it was the people themselves who recorded videos um, and used social media to kind of bring those videos to us. And I was very thrilled about that, and that's the starting out point of the film. So basically, it's about this young girl from Tehran. Her parents sent her to Paris to prevent her from partaking in, these, uh, in, in this movement, because it was very dangerous. Uh, police were firing live ammunition at people. And so she comes to Paris, she's completely alone, and she comes to this luxury hotel where she falls in love uh, with the baggage handler of her hotel, the bellhop. And they have a very free and passionate love story. But at the same time, she keeps contact with what's going on in her country um, through social media and through the YouTube. Um, and so she's basically torn between um, living this love affair, living this freedom, or going back to her country to fight for it. So in the film, you cut between their romance, their blossoming romance in, in Paris, and then this footage from what's happening back in Tehran, uh, which is actual real YouTube footage. Um, you also have them, the, the, a lot of their relationship is mediated through social media, through Facebook and Twitter. Um, were you worried about bringing that all together in a film? Because it, it seems like that's the sort of thing where, you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. They're very different mediums. The internet is a very different medium to cinema in many ways. And bringing them all together, were you, were you worried that you weren't going to be able to pull it off? Yes, uh, very much so. I was... Um I mean, the, the, really, the starting point for the film was the videos from Iran. I mean, I was very amazed by the ingenuity of these people, um, how they took these tools of communication and really transformed them. Like, at least the way I, I, I looked at these tools and how I look at them now. Um, and these videos, I downloaded them from the internet completely, from YouTube. I just took them. Um, and these, the, the, in these videos, there are real people suffering and dying. Um, so, one of the main concerns we had when we were making the film is to stay truthful to their sacrifice and also to stay dignified, you know? Um, not, to, not that we kind of use their videos in a way that maybe would hurt them or that would um, disgrace their memory. Um, so that was very, very important and, and I had a lot of sleepless nights about that. You know, because I was very, very afraid. I mean, I was very afraid to show it in the beginning to Iranian people because I was thinking, how will they react? You know, who am I? You know, um, 
but I think we pulled it off. Uh, I never had, I mean, there are, there are debates. Every, every Q&A, there is a debate about how we use these videos and, and what that means. Uh, um, but I think that they, they're always Iranian uh, people in the audience and, and they're always very grateful in a way that we did this because um, for them, the reason why they made these videos is to show us what's going on and to put them in the cinema, um, it makes them live longer. You know, in internet things disappear very quickly, while in cinema things have a longer life. So for them it's also that way they have ensured, we have ensured that these videos will continue living on. And can we talk, maybe talk a little bit more about the casting of the, because the, the film is very, very, it focuses, I mean, to the point where you have close-ups a lot of the time in the film. It's a very um, intimate uh, story of these, these two characters. Um, can you talk a little bit about the casting? Because they're both incredible. I mean, Rashid in particular, is such a, he's such a unique individual and he seems so much like himself. I mean, I don't know what he's actually like, but he seems so much like himself on screen and it's, it's an amazing performance. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, I had met Rashid one year before we started working on the film and I actually met him for another project that is still ongoing. We haven't finished that one. Um, and he's a, he's a non-professional. I mean, he, I, I met him in a casting, but he hadn't done anything before. Um, and we were meeting a lot during that year. Like every week we would, even just to have coffee, not always working, just so that we get to learn, <laughs> just, just so that we get to, get to know each other. Um, and slowly he opened up to me and the character in the movie is really him. It's really him. I mean, um, he, the apartment where, where, where um, some of the, the stuff is set, he's living on a highway, it's his apartment. When I met him, he was a bellhop in a hotel. Um, the dancing is really his dancing. Um, and there is a moment in the film um, where he kind of opens up and he tells about his quite tragic um, past. And all that is real as well. So actually, I think the film is born there. It's also the meeting point between Rashid and these videos. And how did you work with Rashid? I mean, did you, did you write the script or did you write it together with him? How, how long did you film with him for? Well, with both of them? Um, no, in the, I, I, I didn't write the script on my own. I had some people I worked with uh, in terms of the script writing. But because we were talking about him so much, um, he was participating in the, in the writing of some of his monologues or dialogues because I really wanted to capture in his words how he would um, talk about his life. You know, and to kind of trying to capture that. So he was definitely partaking, at least in the in the writing of the of the dialogues. And then the dance. I have to bring up the dance because uh, I don't know how many of you have seen this, but the the film is incredibly um, kinetic in many ways. It's uh, he he's always in mo in motion, and he has this incredible way of moving through the streets of Paris. So how did dance find its way into this film? I think really dance found itself into the film. Um, by Rashid. I mean, as, as I said, you know, the, the writing of the character is very close to him and he's a dancer. I mean, um, he had a very difficult, I mean, he's an orphan, basically, and he grew up in orphanage all his life. Uh, and I think that he, at one point in his life, he was kind of flirting with a little criminal ways. <laughs> uh, and, and then he, some things happened to him that made him completely stop. And I think that he found the dance, or more the parkour. I don't know if you're familiar with parkour. Parkour is a, a kind of 
port developed uh, in the suburbs of Paris where people run along buildings um, and do crazy things. Um, and he met up with these people who have founded this movement and, and that's how he managed, he, he found a way of expressing himself and to get his energies out and not to do crazy stupid things. Um, so that's where he started. So there's a, a big parkour part in his dance, but then he also mixes with breakdance and something called tricks. And tricks is like um, artistic martial arts, basically. So he has his own little thing going on. And then uh, the other character, who I keep wanting to call Miss Dalloway, because that's her Twitter, her Twitter name in the film. What, what's her actual name? Uh, in the film, is, her name is Anahita. Anahita, sorry, yeah. I think it's probably quite symptomatic in a way that I, I keep referring to her by her Twitter name. Um, how did you find her? Well, um, Anahita in, in real life, you know, the actress is called Alice. Uh, she's not at all Iranian. She's a French girl um, from Algerian and Gypsy background. Um, I found her also in a very classical uh, casting situation. Initially, uh, of course, I wanted to cast an Iranian girl to play an Iranian girl, which would be the most natural and simple thing to do. But the, cur the current situation makes it impossible uh, the politically. I mean, um, I, I, I met some actresses that I'd really like to work with, but they were just simply not able to participate in this film because it's too dangerous if they want to go back to Iran. But even if they don't want to go back to Iran, it's dangerous for their families uh, because the situation has been has become much, much worse, actually, than it was for, let's say, two years ago. Um, so I chose to work with, the, with, with Alice because she's, she's extremely talented and very hardworking, but also because she has a great aptitude to kind of um, pretend to be someone that is very, very far from her, uh, like really far from her. She used to play in a very a play which was very successful in France, where she plays a Moroccan woman, which, and she has a very hard Moroccan accent, which she doesn't have at all in real life. So she's very familiar with this. Um, so that's why I chose her. So I think coming back to this idea of how you managed to weave between the, the, the sort of intimacy of their relationship with those intense close-ups and then this YouTube footage, um, I think we can play another clip in a second, but do you want to just talk a little bit? I mean, when you were, when you were editing the film, were you, I mean, you must have found it a real struggle to get the balance right. We'll, we'll look at a clip in a second where you can sort of see how some of that intercutting works. Yes. Um I think, I think the, f the form of the film is very much tied to the, how the YouTube images looked like and, and, and what we had to do to, make, to integrate them. So I think that it's the YouTube images that made the form of the film in many, many ways. We had to find, also in the shooting, I mean, we were shooting on, on iPhones. <laughs> we were shooting on, on consumer cameras. We were shooting on like the Sony EX1, for example. We were shooting on different things in different ways, in different styles. Because basically, um, the YouTube images is like 40, 50 different people who made them. And they all have their own point of views. So we had to imitate that we have many point of views to kind of create the homogeneity of the film. Um, in terms of the editing, uh, actually I, I did something very strange. Is I had two editors working at the same time on different things. So I was going kind of back and forth. It was kind of having like two lovers, in a way. You know, they had one room each and I was going back and forth like this. And, and they all had a very different approach. Um, to the material and they first they did their own thing and then we discussed and then they worked on each other's things and so it, it really evolved the form of the film really evolved very organically there was not really I knew what I wanted emotionally maybe but I didn't I couldn't verbalize it really and we, we were looking a lot and how much because you I mean you went through a lot of YouTube footage how, how much did you have and how did you collect it and, and what did that do to you psychologically <laughs> Yeah, it made me a little sick. Uh, I mean, um, yeah, I, I have something like 9,000 of them, which I have all seen, unfortunately. 
Um, there are, and I, I mean, what, what is going on? I mean, the, the videos started coming out basically two or three days, even, even before they were coming out, but two or three days after the, after, the, after the elections, when it was clear that this is not going to go the way they, they intended to, to go, um, I started just downloading them continuously. Every morning I would get up, I would go on YouTube, and I would search. And, and after a while, you understand the way these, these things are, are tagged and, and, and so on. And, and so I just continuously downloading, downloading. And uh, I made a whole system of archiving so I would understand where I will If I see something, how I would find them again and all these things. Um, and yeah, no, it was, very, it was very disturbing. I mean, I don't use far, I, I far worse stuff um, that I found on the internet than I use. I mean, some stuff was just not possible to use. I mean, it was just too... Too heavy, um, and and now even now you know the, some of the stuff that is in my movie I, I don't see it and I can't see it anymore. It's just humanly not possible anymore for me. And you, was, and you were saying I mean that must come up a Q and A sometimes that people just find it really difficult to see. It. I mean especially in the context of the the fictional story. I mean we were talking a bit about this before. I mean we had we had to walk kind of a tightrope um, where in one way we need we the idea was to give these images and other life, but also to make them intimate for the spectator. I mean, I think that many times um, we are surrounded by these images now, but when we see them, we have to kind of create an emotional barrier to protect us um, from these videos. So basically the movie was, um, to start with, um, a journey so that these videos can become intimate to us and that we can realize that these could be our friends, this could happen to us. That was the main... So. But for that to happen, you know, we had to use these images we ha and we have to show what was really going on and, and to be faithful to that. Um, and so we took some risks, we, we really did. And there is, there is a couple of moments that are very, very hard um, in the movie. Um, but I think that the, 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 the actors, the way they, they, they stayed dignified um, while discussing about these videos, I think really helped the film to, to kind of overcome a very big trap, which was that we abuse um, these videos. So I, mean, I think for me, you know, what this film was really, really good at is, you know, I'd seen so many, I'd actually seen a lot of the, the, the footage that is in your film, the YouTube films. I'd seen, you know, the, and you include like the, the shot of Neda getting killed and uh, some other videos that I'd seen, but I, it, it actually did kind of hit me harder in a way because of the context you gave it, which I thought was actually slightly odd because the context you've given it is fictional. It's, it's almost like I needed the fictional context to understand the, the you know, or to, I guess to re, to rethink about what had happened, um, which I don't, know, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, I, I wonder if that's a, you know, the, the sort of deadening, flattening effect of YouTube in a way. No, I don't believe so. Um, I think that the power of cinema, uh, fictional cinema, is the fact that it, it allows us um, to speak about things that are very difficult to speak about in documentary. Painful things, um, we put them in fiction so that we can digest them in another way, you know, and this is the power of fiction And it has always been it's not new. This is not new, you know, like um, War movies was all, were all about that, you know, to digest um, war uh, in, in this case, I think that if, would I would made, if I would have made a documentary of these images I think it would have been nice and, and we would have had an idea about what went on like a historical piece or whatever the choice I had but the emotion like the, the, the feeling of, of what these images really mean I don't know if I would have been able to give that and for that we needed the fictional story we needed to attach ourselves to characters that we can see and, and, and follow and engage in their relationship and when we are engaged when we fall in love with them that's when these images can come inside of us, and that's when we can understand what they really mean. While the same video 
it's the same video that you saw uh, when it happened. It's the same video. I didn't do, I mean, I, I intercut, but I mean, it's there's still the same video. And, and it's how, how that kind of changes, like the fact that you are engaged in a character and you fall in love with this character and you want this character to be happy, then you also empathize with the relationship of the character and the videos, which is fiction, of course. And, and sort of along those same lines, if we could circle back to this idea of, um, you know, the difference between cinema as a medium and, 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 and the web and social media as a medium, because uh, we were talking about this earlier, you know, like with cinema, it's a much more controlled space. With social media, everyone expects to have a feedback loop. It's much more open. It's much more fluid. There's, there's no control. Um, uh, but you sort of, you, you brought some of those elements into the film, maintaining the control with the... Um, you know, we, we, whenever there's a Twitter, uh, a tweet going out, it, you actually see it on the screen. So it feels like you were sort of playing a little bit with the medium, with it within, but within the medium of cinema. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there is a big difference between, of course, between the internet and the cinema. The internet, we are interacting, and the internet is kind of shaped, it shapes itself to us. We make the internet what we want the internet to be, what we look for, what we know, what we like, where we go. Um, a movie is very different. It's like my, I'm, di I'm a dictator. I give it to you, and you take it or leave it. But it's that's what it is. You cannot change it. Um, but I think that, in, that I think that cinema can imitate the form of the internet, the way we surf, the way we we use the internet. We can imitate or even maybe provoke the emotion we have when we do these kind of things. And you know, like for us. We, we are, you, you, like I see you, you are with your computers, you are taking notes, you're doing things, and that's how it is. And I think that we try, what we try to do with the Twitter is that Twitter is part of your life. It's not, you don't go home and you tweet. You go, you're in the metro, you think about something, you tweet and you continue, and then you take a picture that you upload. And, and so that's what we try to imitate in a way, that, that the Twitter is there, and because when you're on the street you think of something and then it happens. So we, we try to create the dynamic of the internet experience, but in a movie. And, and now, this, is, this would be like a typical way I would use the YouTube. This is an actress. I told her to say that this is my university, but she's speaking about real footage from the University of Tehran after it was attacked by the Islamist uh, militia. And, but we believe her because we have engaged in a relationship with her and we want to believe in the fictional story. And so that these images, and, I mean, that's, that was also an example of that. Of, and, and, and there are many examples of how we, we use that like she interacts really with the images. She's talking about it, like if it was hers. I think, you know, when someone was initially telling me about this um, a while ago, I, um, and they were describing the fact that, you know, you had the tweets on the screen, and I thought for a moment, I was like, oh God, it's gonna be like on MTV where like, you know, you're watching uh, The Hills, not that I would, and um, there, um, there are these tweets on the screen. It's like all these people talking about what's happening on The Hills, and the tweets are coming up on the screen, and it's really distracting, and I'm suddenly feeling very old and very like, I can't really handle this, and what narrative am I supposed to focus on? But what's really interesting in, um, in Flowers of Evil is actually, it is the narrative, and it's woven in in a way where, you know, it is the focus. Um, and the, the whole film, like we were saying earlier, it's so mediated by technology to the point where when they're dancing together, he's holding an iPhone playing the song that they're dancing to. I mean, all the way through the film, there's always, there's always a laptop or a, you know, a phone or something. Um, like, I, I guess what I'm getting at here is like, I, I feel like there's some ambivalence about technology in a way in, in you. Um, there's, there's, you know, it is an amazing tool for, for communication, but it's also sort of a distancing tool. And, she, you know, she feels incredibly separate from things that are happening in Tehran and very powerless 
She's watching all the stuff. You know, we're all aware of all the stuff happening around the world. We see all these images, but what do we actually, you know, what can we do about it? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the, that I do have, it's not really ambivalent, but I think that um, no technology can ever replace human contact. And I'm, I'm, an, I'm a romantic in that way. You know, I believe in that, we are, we, we, that it's necessary for us to meet and talk. Um, it's not the same thing. I don't have the same, it doesn't have the same emotional impact on me if we had this discussion over Skype, which is almost okay because I see you, but I, let's say chat, you know. Um, but at the same time, you know, like the, the, the film is asking several questions about that. But um, I really, I'm really, really excited to be living in this time and age. I'm really excited about what's going on right now in the Arab world. Very, very excited. Um, I think that the internet and the social medias are a very, very powerful tool. I think it will change the way we relate to politics. It will change, it empowers the individual. But at the end of the day, you have to go to the street to change the power. That's, that, will, that should not be forgotten, you know? It's very good to organize and it's very, very efficient to get all these people together and to give a date and go, but you have to go. It, it's not enough to say you go, you have to be there. So, uh, and I think that that's kind of relevant also to the relationship between uh, Anahita and the videos, you know? Um, I mean, she feels almost as she's there, but she's not. And that's the dilemma. But the internet has that power. It has the power to give you the feeling that you're present somewhere where you're not. To the point that you forget the, the human being next to you. And, and, but it, it's not a judgment. I think it's just things that are surround us and everything has a bad side and a good side. And I think the film tried to address that too. Great, well I think we um, need to go to the audience and get some questions. Does anyone have a question? Just wait for the mic, because yeah. there is a mic. We have a microphone. Just raise your hand and we'll bring it over to you. Yes, hello. Um, in terms of the, the, the cutting between the, the documentary footage of the computer lab in Iran that had been attacked, uh, cutting between that and the footage of your actress, was your intention that that was some sort of a flashback, a memory that she was having, or was that an issue not that important in terms of... No, I think, I think the intention of the, of the cutting back and forth in that scene was more that she's having this iPhone in her hand, so she's watching a video from her country while she's in the street. So she's having a simultaneous input, and actually the, 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 the boy who is running, or the girl who is running, I think it's a boy, running in the street, she's also running in the street, and after a while she just, she doesn't know, I mean, she has like a panic attack, basically, where she cannot distinguish anymore um, what is going on, like where is she, Paris, Tehran. Next question in the middle. Uh, thank you. I saw the film. Thank you. I thought it was very, very good. And actually, I felt a little sorry for the young couple because they had no chance because of the Internet. She was not really in Paris. She was in Tehran. So this, I thought it was a very modern, current film also about the split that we are never where we are. It's not that we are not where we you know, want to be, but we are not where we are also. And, and this split, I thought, was very powerful in, in the film. So thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Yes, I, I, I think that the, 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 the internet, uh, maybe it also um, asks us a lot of responsibility in this sense. 
I mean, hum I mean, just in terms of human contact, I'm not talking about political responsibility because that's another question. But you know, like to, 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 to be able to disconnect as well, <laughs> um, the temptation is great to always be connected. And I, I'm a victim myself of that, you know. I, I don't know, I, I can't even imagine how many times I check my email every day, you know. It's, it's completely insane in a way. But, uh, but in, in a way, and I, I, I've become a father, I have a son now. And, and that kind of helps me, you know. When I'm with him, I just close. <laughs> I, I because children feel when you're not there, really. When you're like kind of there physically, but not mentally. So, yeah. You can't raise a child by Skype. Next question, second row. Hi, my name is Lady Millard. I'm an artist also. So uh, I think somehow you're describing quantum physics where we're here but we're not here we're there but you know our physicality is here our, our computer is with us so what what do you intend for uh, the viewer of the mu movie to to come out of the movie knowing themselves or it's, it's interesting that you should talk about quantum physics. It's the first time that comes up, but it's, it's not irrelevant at all. On, on the contrary. The film, the film is really, really a lot about present. You know, normally in a film, the, the backstory is very important, and the time passes, and then a week later, and a month later, and how the relationship was. In this film, it's the dictatorship of the present, because the internet is the dictatorship of the present, for better or for worse, but it's the present. Like, an event becomes news in two minutes and becomes a classic in ten minutes, basically, you know? So, so it, I think the internet completely changes our perspective about time and what it means, what's new, what's old, and what is the present. It's completely changing, really. Like, in, very, in a very short time, in even 20 years ago, this was unimaginable, this kind of relationship to time and this relationship to the present. And I think the film is also talking about that in their relationship. They don't never talk about the future. They're just there and they're doing their thing. Without, and the moment they start to talk about the past or the future is when the drama starts, you know? Until you don't, it's, you know? So it's really, in a, in a way you're right, you know? Uh, next question in the center of the theater. Hello? Hi. Yeah, it seems like you're touching on a lot of very, very sensitive subjects and a lot of issues, and I don't know if you could go into a little more detail about the, the meaning of the dance that we saw in that scene. Was we, are you trying to give us a break? Is that just his energy and trying to get away from certain things? Is that his, his escape? Because I'm not, I was into the other things. I wasn't really into, I mean, it was cool, but I, didn't, I wasn't making the connection. Um, yeah, um, the dance is actually the reason why they meet. Um, you know, like, she comes to this, this hotel and she has this very fleeting, fleeting meeting with this boy. And then she goes away and they don't see each other again for a while. Um, but she knows that he's on Facebook and he told her that she should, they should connect. And then he's, she sees his videos of dance that he records himself, you know. He, he records himself dancing and he puts them on Facebook just for fun, you know. Um, and I think that as she just watched these videos from Iran where it's like violence and then she suddenly comes to this young boy who's in the public space and is completely free, you know, and he's completely like the king, you know, he's the king, he, it's his domain. 
I mean, it, it, the contradiction, I mean, and, and, and the freedom that he transpires through his movements and through his dance is what attracts her in the first place. So I think it's really important for them. It's the start, really the starting out point of their relationship. It's freedom as well, isn't it? I mean, it felt like that to me watching it. It felt like freedom. And you have to, the, the, another, another relationship with it is like, you know, in, in Iran, um, basically, and this is also something they talk about later on in the film, you know, there is a very, very strong distinction between what goes on in your house at home and what's going on in the street. In your home, you're free. In the street, you have to follow very strict protocol, like what you're allowed to do and not allowed to do. And, and so when someone, from that perspective, is occupying like he does, the streets, it's a very, also a very strong political message, you know? It's a real materialization of freedom for them. Next question in the back. So I really enjoyed your film. I thought there's so many facets that just like interdisciplinary that just tied together so well. Um, I'm just curious, what are you considering working on next? Or what would you like to work on next in the future? Well, uh, I have two projects. Uh, there, is the, there is the fiction project, um, which is a very classical fiction film compared to this one, um, with Rashid as well in the main role. I'd really like to do that because I think he has great talent and I, I, and I love working with him. Uh, and then there is a documentary, which right now is called The Revolution Will Not Be Tweeted. Uh, which is a kind of a little provocation, of course, the mind from my side. Um, and it's, it's, it's a documentary feature uh, which is speaking about social media and social change. Um, it's portraits of people who use social media for social change, but also a portrait of them in their intimacy, in who they are, and what is the difference between their online avatars and their real selves, you know? So that's, that's, that's one of the projects. So we have time for two more questions. The first will be in the back. Hello, I'm a documentary filmmaker and editor, and I've always been interested in weaving narrative stories in with documentary. And I, what I've seen, I haven't seen your film yet, but I'm definitely gonna buy a ticket to see it. Um, and I'm just wondering, well, that's just the compliment, but I'm also wondering what you use to edit the film, what program? Just because there's so many different kinds of footage, there's the YouTube, and then you use professional cameras and consumer cameras. The, I, I, the, the last question was what I edited with, which program? Final Cut Pro, of course. <laughs> Good answer. And, and it's, it's not bullshit, huh? it's, it's really Final Cut Pro. Um, yeah, uh, thank you for the compliment. Um, the, the movie will be showing once again on the 28th, uh, on Thursday at 4 p.m. Uh, I don't remember which cinema. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll stick around, I'll let you know which cinema, I don't remember now. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that there is a, something very, very specific about mixing documentary and narrative. Um, but I think that, that it's a very, very long discussion. Uh, we can talk about it after if you want. Um, but I think that there are several layers of documentary and fiction if you talk about it. It's not just like, okay, if I'm shooting you now, this will be documentary because you're here and yourself. And if I give you a text to read, then it's narrative because I told you learn a text that you're supposed to say, then it's narrative. But it's far beyond that, you know? It's also about what these images mean to you. Like, how you perceive these images, you know? Is, are they documentary to you? Do they feel like documentary or do they feel like fiction? You know, and, and I think that is the real question. And then you can make a, a fiction that looks like a documentary and documentary that looks like a fiction. And, 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 and finally, for me, what's in, what is interesting for me in that is that the, docu the difference between document fiction is in the mind of the beholder. There is no real rule anymore, especially not today, really. 
out in front. Yeah, maybe uh, the title of the movie, Le, Le Fleur du Mal, or The Flower of Evil. So they, they, actually the book that they're reading together is that also supposed to bind them together in a way because she says like, um, yeah, so read this book wherever you are. If you're traveling, just, just at least read a passage. And, and, and it, that was impressive for me too. It was like a symbol kind of, also the title of the movie that I didn't know exactly what the symbol was, but I, I saw a, like a symbolic thing there. So mm, I think I think that the um, the, the like uh, for for the per in Persian culture, poetry is very very important, very important. Um, you know, you, you you go to Tehran and you take a taxi. The taxi driver will be able to recite poems by heart to you. The, for, the, for them, it's unimaginable not to be able to know at least two or three poems by heart. You know, it's, the poetry is very much alive and, and, and living in, in the culture. So for and, and so she comes to West <laughs> and she meets this young boy who doesn't know anything about poetry. And for her, it's unbelievable. It's like not being human not to know poetry. So so it's it's kind of also a connection between and she's teaching him something about his own culture because she's teaching him about Baudelaire, who is a French poet to this Frenchman, an Iranian. And so it's, it's also about that and, and how you rediscover those things through the eyes of someone exterior. So I th do, uh, are we out of time? I think, unfortunately, we're going to have to end on Baudelaire, which seems very fitting. Um, thank you so much for coming. It's a fantastic film. Much. I highly recommend you go see it. Thank I you. Well, well, he'll find out when it's playing. Thanks to everyone. Thanks. Thank you very much. <laughs>